Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the most compassionate, the most merciful, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise and thanks is due to God, even if there's no one in the universe thanking him. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulullah al-Kareem, and all peace and blessings be upon the noble messenger, wa ala alihi and his family, wa ashabihi and his companions, wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawm al-deen, and all those who followed them in the right way until the day of judgment. And ma'ad after what follows, Insha'Allah, we're going to continue our study of Surah Al-Hujurat, which is in the um, it's it is in the Quran Surah number. It's in the juz, It's in the twenty-sixth juz. Um, and so we're, we we ended last time at the at the uh, end of Surah Eight, when Allah talked about um, He made Iman, He made faith beautiful in their hearts, and He made disbelief hateful for them. And I think I was thinking about this today when I when I was listening to our talk from last time, that I it seems like, well, again, it's like we're puppets, you know. Allah makes the believers like belief and puts them into heaven. And he and then some people he he just doesn't help them. And so I think I'm thinking more about this and please chime in if you have other thoughts. I'm thinking that when someone chooses to walk the path of righteousness it is after that choice that then God makes it easy for him and that is the bounty and the blessing right it's my choice first I make the choice to obey or disbelieve or, or disobey rather um, say O messenger upon you be peace the truth is from your Lord and whoever wants should will believe, and whoever doesn't want will reject. The choice is ours. When we've made the choice to believe, by the then the bounty and the grace of God is that He makes belief beautiful in our hearts, and then makes it easy for us. That's why we 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 make that prayer that that dua at the end of every salah, at the end of every canonical prayer. Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika. Oh Allah, make it easy for me to th- remember you and thank you and worship you in the most beautiful manner. And I'm making that dua, right? I'm making that choice to make that dua, that prayer, and then I, I, we, we hope and pray that Allah answers the prayer to make belief easy for us. So I just wanted to kind of reflect about that I'm, I'm you know please chime in if, if if you have other thoughts we can move on verse number nine and if two parties among the believers fall into fighting, then make peace between them. And if one transgresses against the other, then fight the one that is that is transgressing until it uh, returns to God's command. And when it does return, then make peace between them with justice and fairness 
and God indeed loves those who are uh, who are just. Okay, so this is what hap- what uh, what hap- what we're supposed to do when two parties of the believers fight and uh, fight against each other. That's what we're supposed to. We're supposed to seek peace between them. And if one doesn't want to submit or one wants to transgress against the other, then we all fight the transgressing party until they come to uh, uh, until they come to God's command. So this is the principle, of course, throughout history, uh, Muslims have rarely followed this way. In fact, it was during the Crusades, there were so many Muslims that collaborated with the Crusaders against other Muslims. I mean, it's just, it's comical when it's not tragic, right? So, and then you have the Hashashin, the assassins, who was a Muslim, who were Muslims, who were murderers for hire. <laughs> the, the, the crusaders used them all the time against us to assassinate their enemies among the Muslims. Uh, subhanAllah. How far we fall sometimes from the, the principles of our faith. <laughs> Verily, indeed, the believers, men and women, are brothers and sisters. So, Make peace with your brothers and sisters and be conscious and mindful of God so that you may be shown mercy. This is this is the principle. This mean the believers are one brotherhood and sisterhood. Actually, one and thing make, I interrupt. So please, uh, please. While we're please. on the topic, uh, one of my professors, uh, when he was introducing um, like the idea of settlements. And kind of he, he he was tracing it back like the origins of where the ideal of settlement came from and why courts really why courts favor it and he said that it comes from religious tradition and mainly from he tied it back to Islam I forget what the what the Arabi saying was but it's like the best thing uh, the best remedy is reconciliation and he's like and that's where um, settlements kind of get their get their foundation from. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. I've never heard that before. That's incredible. Uh, because this is the this is divine this is the divine writ, right? This is the divine principle. So that's actually fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah you going on to verse number uh, number eleven. Yeah Oh, you who believe, do not deride, do not let one people deride another. It is possible that that those they are deriding are better than them. And 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 women, same thing, do not deride other women. It may be that the one they are deriding is better than them. And do not call each other a nickname. Do not um, let me get the, the exact translation here. It says uh, 
and do not defame yourselves or insult one another with nicknames. How evil is the iniquitous name after having believed? And whoever does not repent, they are the wrongdoers. Again, just trying to, continuing on the theme of how brothers should treat one another. Right? We shouldn't be insulting each other after we've believed. Being a believer is actually a, a, a big deal. And we should try not to insult each other. And this is all going back to the pre-Islamic uh, um, habits of boasting about their ancestors and putting people down because of their ancestry or their tribe. Or it's really trying to change. And it was really a revolutionary change to Arabian society because it was so tribal and it was entrenched for literally centuries. And this is trying to change the paradigm among the Arabs that tribe matters no longer. It is your belief in Allah that matters the most. And now these new people, no matter what their tribe, the other believers, their tribe notwithstanding, they are your brothers. They are your I mean, I don't want to say new tribe, but it's now based on belief rather than ancestry. And and they used to boast about their ancestry. And so, the, again, trying to continue the, 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 the proper etiquette between brothers. And, uh, yes. Well, I was going to give a, my, another... Please. Uh, somebody was... I forget, I forget the name. Of the person who said this about is now that people are kind of going back into like tribal habits with identity. He's talking about the only real identity is an identity of belief, that identity based off of lineage. You know, you know, me and me and I, me and a person who come from us, we don't really have much in common uh, as far as lineage or race, but. When we kind of have something more in common with Dean, then we have a stronger connection because we both believe in the same moral principles, or we both believe in the same, you know, same same God, and we both believe that Rasul is the representative of you know of upstanding or perfect character. So you know, just I think the idea of of tribalism really is fought by like you're saying, by Dean, or by like good character and true Islam. No, you you can't be you can't be more correct. I, uh, you we have much more in common with uh, brothers and sisters because of exactly what you said. All of the common principles, all of our common belief systems, all of our theology, uh, for the most part, lines up. Right, we have more in common, and 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 that's that bonds a lot uh, a lot stronger. Uh, and that's, that's well said absolutely that's very well said moving on to verse 12 ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ijtanibu kathiran min adh-dhanni inna ba'd adh-dhanni ithm o ye who believe um shun much of conjecture indeed some conjecture is sin dhan wala tab wala tajassasu wala yaghtab ba'dukum ba'da and do not spy upon one another or backbite one another. Allah, 
Would any uh, do not spy or backbite one another? Would any of you want to eat the dead flesh of his brother? You would abhor it. You would hate it. And be mindful and conscious of God. God is truly relenting, oft uh, repenting, and merciful. Right? So what's, what's backbiting? Well, well, first, conjecture, dhan, right? It's like suspicion. I've seen it translated as avoid a lot of much of suspicion because some suspicion is sin. And, that, you know, you think about in, in marital relationships, other relationships, friendships, if everything is, is suspicious, right? I mean, I have to remind myself of this verse all the time. Right? You, you can't just have everything be suspicious. Like, no, no, he, he didn't mean that. No, that's actually, he's trying to. Hide something else. Oh no, she didn't mean that. She's actually doing something else. Well, that could, if we follow it and we don't say and, and we don't be careful, I mean, it could it could it could destroy relationships. And so Allah is telling us here: don't don't you know you know shun a lot of suspicion, conjecture. It's not based on on truth. I think it goes back to when an when an evil iniquitous person comes with you with news, you have to verify it. Same theme, right? Trying to avoid suspicion and then backbiting i mean this thing man we have to be so careful don't spy on one another okay we're not like what are we trying to do when we spy on people are we trying to expose people's faults right and then um and then backbiting is saying something about your brother behind his back that he wouldn't like to be said and then in the, in the hadith they said well what if it's true he said if it's true it's backbiting if it's not true, it's slander, which is worse. Well, I mean, like, and how many times do we do this? How many times do we do we uh, do this on a on a daily basis? You know, how many times? God protect us. Like, <laughs> um, and then listen to this uh, sermon that was reported to be said by Ali ibn Abi Talib. He said, do not be quick to expose one another's sin, for he may be forgiven for it, and do not feel yourself safe from even a small sin, since you may be punished for it. Every one of you who comes to know the faults of others should not expose them in view of what he knows about his own faults, and that he should and, and should and he should remain busy in gratitude that he has been saved from that in which others have been indulging. This is from Nahj al-Balagha, sermon number 139. And then there's a hadith that states that whoever eavesdrops will have, quote, will have molten copper poured in their ears on the day of judgment. <laughs> so, like, I think, and then there's another hadith where the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, whoever, whosoever covers the faults of a Muslim in this world God will cover his faults in this world and the next. Truly, God continues to help the servant so long as the servant continues to help his brother. That gives us hope that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be quick to expose the faults of others so that God doesn't expose our own faults in this life and in the next life. I mean, it's worse in, in the next life. So, 
if if we come to know of someone's faults, we should try to cover them up as best as possible, right? Because uh, again, what I mean, none of us is perfect, and 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 just like you would not want your faults and sins exposed to the to the public, you shouldn't expose the faults and sins of others. Thoughts there, reflections about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, I, I love it when God continues to help the servants so long as the servant continues to help his brother. That's awesome. Yeah, that. Because I mean, you know, everything's going to be on display for everyone to see. And so Hamza Yusuf was, Hamza Yusuf was saying, when you cover the faults of others or when you make du'a, the, you know, Rabbinu to cover your faults, then you're pretty much going to, your parts of your life are going to be edited out in front of everybody, because everybody's entire lives are going to be shown. So that's, that's one thing that uh, I heard that was that made, me, made me happy, that if you do those two things, then certain faults or certain areas in your life are it's going to be erased. You know, you know. I mean, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because the, you know, the uh, public uh, Hisham is uh, much nicer than the uh, private Hisham, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the public face is edited uh, and um, edited for consumption. Uh, but, um, you know, only God and your family, your spouse knows what's in private, what's, what's hidden. And I think, you know, our, our task, my, my, I, what I try to strive is to make my public as good as my private or my, you know, like me, there'd be no difference between the public and the private. And I, I don't know if that's an impossibility or not, but if, if God will, will edit my faults in front of everybody, that's, that's, that's amazing. Cause he knows me better than anyone. Right. I have every single day. I ask Allah this dua and make this prayer. Allahum, Allahum rawati, you know, Keep my aura is like it's like private part, like you know, like my my nakedness, my aura, the the part that I'm supposed to cover all the time. Keep it hidden. God knows, and I keep asking Allah to Allah mustur aurati. You know, keep those hidden. Um, and one sure way that you can have that be done is when when we hide the faults of others and don't expose it for the world to see because if we do that then then all then it's fair game for us and it's probably inevitably going to happen so that's really good that's really good advice and yeah it, it it be when we when we do a good deed after a bad deed it erases the bad deed so our record will be redacted like you know when the government releases uh documents and it's all blackened out well inshallah our book of deeds will have all the sins redacted not only that not only the sins redacted but replaced with good deeds so that there aren't any sins at all so inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our records full of only good deeds and no bad deeds I mean I mean so okay so we're moving on here 
يا ايها الذين امنوا يا شباب كثير من الظن يا ايها الناس ان خلقناه الله بقى switches gears and he talks to everybody not just the, the, the he's been he's been addressing the believers from the beginning of the surah now it's an immediate switch to humanity mankind and womankind يا ايها الناس ان خلقناكم من ذكر وانثى وجعلناكم شعوبا وقبائل لتعارفوا ان اكرمكم عند الله اتقاكم ان الله عليم خبير again the theme of again attacking tribalism oh people everyone mankind womankind humanity we created you from one man and one woman ذكر وانثى and we made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another that you may get to know one another verily indeed the best among you is the one with the most god consciousness in akramukum indallahi atqakum innallaha alimul khabir god indeed god is all knowing um full of knowledge and awareness so our nationality you were talking about that earlier Amen. Our nationality. That's a talking point. <laughs> It's a conversation starter. Oh, you're from Egypt? Wow. I'm from, you know, I'm from Sudan. Oh, you're from Egypt too? Where in Egypt? Oh, you're from Cairo. I'm from Alexandria. Wow, that's so nice. Nice to meet you. It's a conversation starter. That's really what it is. Our our race is basically a conversation starter. Oh, really? Your, your, your parents are from Macedonia? That's good. That's very cool. What matters is our piety, our God consciousness. That's what makes me better than someone else. Not, and it's not for me to judge; it's for God to judge. فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنْفُسَكُمْ Allah says in Surah Yasin, فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنْفُسَكُمْ Do not render yourselves as righteous. Don't declare yourselves as pure. هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنِ التَّقَى He, God, knows who is most conscious of Him. So. Uh, the only way I can be better than someone else is by my piety. But that's only for God to judge, not for me. And if, if I do what Imam Ali Rajawan said, God, uh, may Allah be pleased, pleased with him, that don't worry about other people's faults, worry about your own. Then we'll, um, I won't have a sense of superiority because I'm worried about my faults and what I do. Right, so our our whole racial identity is a conversation starter, <laughs> an ice an, an an icebreaker. We just have to, and we, we just have to remember because a lot of times we fall prey to the satanic seed of racism and and ethnic bias that that many people, if not most people, have. It's very we have to be ever vigilant against that sense of of racial superiority. Ethnic superiority. Well, I'm better because I speak Arabic and they don't. I'm better because I'm an American and they're not. I'm better because I'm Egyptian and they're not. You know, I think. You know, I didn't choose my 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 ethnic background. Uh, uh, it, it, we have to ever be careful and fighting that that satanic urge all the time because that was really, if you think about it, when Satan said, "No, I'm not going to bow to Adam," it was racism. I'm better than him. You made me of fire, oh God, and you made him of mud. I'm not going to bow to him. And the rest is history. So 
a very timeless wisdom. Um, and so that's that's verse 13. And now the next section begins on a, kind of a new theme about um, Islam and Iman and the difference between. So I think that's a, that's that's the last section of the surah. Uh, if you want, we, we could keep going or we can stop here. Thoughts? Uh, I was going to say, if we break each day, we we focus on a on a on a section. And we can just you can spend you know a little bit kind of delving deeper into these things. One thing. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. So we'll stop here for we'll stop at verse thirteen. Yeah. So one thing you're saying that like the this type of thinking leads to a sense of superiority where you're being concerned with other people's business is a sense of superiority. What if, what about in the opposite, where you're concerned about you know how other how other people are going to perceive you, and you're just you're kind of you're beating yourself down because look at this person, look at that person in comparison to yourself. You know, yeah, that's a that's that's a that's a major problem. I mean, and social media and the age of social media has exacerbated that to the millionth degree, right? I mean, everything you you see is curated. And so you look, you scroll at all these happy pictures of people posting here and there, like, wow, they must have a wonderful life. <laughs> look at me. I mean, I think our we have to care the most about what God thinks about us. <laughs> right? That's what matters most. At the end of the day, everyone on Judgment Day is going to forsake us, even our parents. Even our parents are going to say, who are you? I don't me. Get away from me. I have my own worry, I have my own things to worry about on the day of judgment. I think I think we need to be ever vigilant about caring what God thinks of me. Am I good with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's the only thing that should that should matter. Does God heart my actions every day? Does he like what I post with respect to my actions? Or not. That's all that that's all that should matter. Who cares what everybody else thinks about us? I mean, it's much easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. And this area of social media has just made it ten times worse. That people's self-worth is linked to how many likes they get in a post. And let me tell you, I'm a writer, right? I'm not gonna lie to you and say that I don't check how many views my posts get. And I get mad if there's only a few views. I want a lot of people to view what I'm doing. And at the same time, I have to remind myself, why am I doing, am I doing this for likes and views and fame and and notoriety? Or am I doing it to please God? And if if one person finally have one view, but that one person, it changes their life and they are a better person because of it, that's all that matters. It's a constant reminder because I'm checking, I'm telling you, I'm checking my, my podcast, how many downloads, I'm just curious how, how many downloads. And yeah, do I want 10,000 downloads? Of course I do. Then I have to check myself. Well, why am I doing it? Am I doing it for fame and notoriety? Or am I doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help myself and other people, remind remind myself and others? And if it's only one view and that person gets benefit, then that's all that matters. When I give khutbah, when I give a sermon, if there's one person in, in the mosque, that should be enough. I have to remind myself of that. I mean, why am I doing it? For a lot of mashallahs and alhamdulillahs and 
good khutbah, khut Hisham, am I doing it for that? I have to always check my, my, my intention. And I pray that Allah always makes my, my intention pure. I, I mean, it, it's all of us are susceptible to that. Worrying about what, uh, what, what other people say. You have to be careful. I agree with you. Oh, that like uh, brings up a, not sure if it's a true story or just like a cautionary tale of a man who was, uh, who was always first in line, the masjid at the salah. I was there. I was, and then one day he was late and he was too ashamed to go, too ashamed to go suddenly. And so like he, for X amount of decades, he was constantly, you know, first in line. And then years and years down the line, he kind of figured out that I was, I wasn't, he wasn't doing it for Rabino. He was doing it for, you know, he had hidden motivations that he didn't even know. So that's where my concern for these things always come, comes in. It's, it's hard to know your hidden motivations. And then, you know, trying to, introspection can only go so much <laughs> at least for me but it's just I'm always looking for ways to check my own naya and if totally no totally I mean I, I, I struggle with the same thing if anything no, you I, I struggle with the same thing why am I why am I wanting to give a sermon what's the motivation now part of it to be honest is because there's so many terrible sermon givers. I'd rather give it myself, <laughs> right? Because I just can't sit through a boring, sleepy sermon that tells me nothing. It's just there's a crisis. At the same time, I really got to check my own niya. I got to check my own intention. Why am I doing it? And it's, and and I just pray that Allah makes my my intention pure. Right? No, no. I mean that's a, that's a scary thing. That's a cautionary tale. It's that you know you know that hadith of the, the first three people brought for judgment a martyr, a scholar, and a philanthropist. You know you know that hadith. Remind me because I'm not sure I do. There's a there there there's a I think it was the first three to be brought for to judgment. One is a martyr. He died for the sake of Allah in battle, and he said, "Why did you do what you did?" He said, "Allah did it for you." And Allah said, you're a liar. You did it so people can call you brave. It's been said, and that person was dragged in his face to hellfire. Then comes the, the scholar, the, the teacher. Why did you do what you did? I did it for the sake of Allah. I did it for your sake to teach. He said, you're lying. You did it so others can call you knowledgeable. Learned. It's been said. And that person was dragged in his face to hellfire. Then the philanthropist, the person who gave charity for the sake of Allah, why did you do what you did? I did it for your sake. He said, no, you did it so that others can call you generous. It's been said, and that person will be dragged to hellfire. That hadith terrifies the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, so, like, I try to do things, good thi I try to, well, so I try to keep the good deeds I do secret. Right? I don't boast and say, oh, look how much money I gave her. What am I doing? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm recording this. We're recording. I record my, my khutbahs, but that's because just to help people, you know, do it. And what I also like about it is that I can then keep my khutbahs fresh. I can't repeat because I'm, I'm recording them. Which, so that's another motivation. It's nice. Like I have to keep thinking about new topics, which is good. And at the same time, like, okay, 
You know, I mean, <laughs> what is my intention? I, I mean, I, I, I pray that my intention, that Allah makes my intention pure. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's a constant battle. That's a jihad. That, that's, a, that's a battle between ourselves. Why am I doing what I'm doing? <laughs> well, and that's Iman Bil Ghaib, you know. In Surah Al-Baqarah, those who believe in the unseen is one way to interpret that. The other one is those who believe when unseen. How are you when no one's looking? Are you the same or are you different? That they believe even when they are not seen by anyone. So how, how are we when, when, when no one's looking? And I pray that we're, we're, we're just as good, if not better, when no one's looking. When no one's listening. Like, I, I shouldn't care that you know a sermon gets 17 views or 5 views or 8 views. I do care because I want more people to listen. But again, what is my what is my niya? What is my, what am I doing this for? I should always rem, remind myself that that that's such a good reminder. Yeah. Uh, you were talking earlier. Here's about, in a sense, spreading rumors and or spreading people's business or anything. But in there's a sure everybody has it, but like that having that interest in other people, not even like spreading it, but having interest in 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 hearing it. You know, what do you think is the for both? What do you think is like the cure? Not the cure, but like how do you combat that? Sometimes you hear something I, interesting and it really grasps you and just like, oh <laughs> I want to hear more. And oh, totally. Completely. I mean I mean how do you like, fight how do you fight that that urge to just end you kind know, of, uh, <laughs> we we can we can actually talk about it next after the Sutra Hajarat, which is the Hadith al Ifq, which is the, the story of the slander of 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 um of Aisha. When Allah says, I, I think that should be our next um, chunk of Surah An-Nur. Okay. Uh, we should talk about that next time, the the, the slander. It's a, it's such a, an amazing story. It's, and it's slander. The slander of, of Aisha, anha. God is, be pleased with her. Slander also includes listening about kind of other people's... So, no, like, so once, so Allah says, لَوْلَا إِسْتَمِعْتِمُوهُ I think it's something I think I misquoted the verse but why wasn't it the case when you listen when you when you heard it you say we shouldn't talk about it this is truly a lie and the story was and we'll go into detail again but Abu Ayyub al-Ansari and his wife they were talking about this and his wife said, did you hear about what what about Aisha? And he said, "Stop there. Would you do something like this?" And she said, "No way." He said, "Do you think I would do something like this?" She said, "No way. You would never do something like that." So he said, "Aisha is better than you, and Safwan is better than me." And he shut down the rumor mongering with his wife. So we love to hear gossip about other people. I think it's human nature, but the point is. We talked about Surah Tatin. 
لقد كان ان لقد خلقنا الانسان في احسن تقويم when we live up to our highest potential then we resist the base desire to hear gossip and dirt on other people because you're you're encouraging the backbiting i mean if if i have some dirt to talk about somebody but no one wants to hear it's going to go nowhere the problem is a lot of people want to hear yeah. <laughs> a lot of us are voyeurs <laughs> really i'm serious yeah. you know that you know i read about the, the why they why they put uh, intimate scenes in movies is because the audience has a voyeuristic attitude they have voyeuristic tendencies they, they like to watch other people i mean if when i look at the film and i like i studied screenwriting when i look at the film industry 99.9999999% of the of the of the sex scenes are completely immaterial to the to the story and mm. it's not 100% completely immaterial unnecessary but they do it because the, the audience likes to be voyeurs and they want to look at that that's i think that's maybe human nature but the point of belief is that you resist your base nature and you strive for your for a higher nature so that Allah can exalt you to be better than the angels that's not the point that's not the 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 goal but the reward is you will be exalted to a station higher than the angels when you resist your base desires yeah, actually I was watching it's not going to say well, it was a biopic it's a movie and then again, there's just a sex scene. Just like, what does this have to do with anything in in the entire, uh, in the movie? Like, it served exactly. no purpose. If that scene was taken out, it would the story would have been the same. Absolutely, hundred percent. But th- I tell you, they they teach it. They teach it. I read the I read the textbook, the Bible, the screenwriting Bible, and literally they said in the book, if there isn't sex in the movie, you put it in. I swear to God. Even, I swear to God, I read this, even if it's camels mating in the background. This is what they teach them. So, <laughs> it's unnecessary. It's un- completely unnecessary. So, our job is to say, well, I don't want to hear about it. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear about something? No. You don't want to hear about it? No, I really don't want to hear about it. It's hard. It's hard. But if we were constantly worried about what uh, what our faults are and having anxiety about what we're doing wrong and not what other people are doing wrong, the world will be a much better place. It's tough, though. Believe me. You're like, inside, you're like, yeah, I want to hear what happened. That's the challenge. That's the jihad, right? That's the struggle is to resist our our base nature to, to strive for the supra-angelic potential of the human being. Right. But it's it's hard. There's no, there's no doubt about it. So I don't forget. What, what's the surah that we're going to try to do next? Uh, surah Tinur. Surah Tinur. There's a lot of good things about Surah Tinur, but we can... Um, we're going to skip to that part about the hadith al-ifk, 
Uh, this will be the 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 next. Not we're going to finish through to the Hujurat. Um, uh, because, I mean, even though the last section is is good, it talks about iman versus Islam, and and and. But I I think I'm very happy to skip and talk about that section of Surah Nur next because it's so important, and it kind of actually is linked to this part of the Surah Hujurat. So I'm happy to go there next. Okay, it's real, and it and we'll talk about what happened in the actual seerah of the Prophet. Uh, upon him be peace, and then the verses that were revealed in response. It's going to be awesome, inshallah. Inshallah, I like that idea a lot. Okay, that's what we'll do next. Surah yeah. Nur. Okay, yeah. Shane, if you want to close us off with the du'a. Yeah, inshallah. Um, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah. Allahumma rabbana alimna bima yanfa'na, wa anfa'na bima alamtana, wa zidna ilman wa amala. اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار وأجرنا من النار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب give us the knowledge and allow us to benefit from this knowledge and blessing and allow us to be better people يا الله please forgive us our uh, sins and um, allow us to rise above our weaknesses as human beings to be the best believers and best servants possible سبحانك ربنا وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله thanks so much for your time guys until uh, next time إن شاء الله إن شاء الله